you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Is there better music in the world? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run through a brick wall when I hear those tunes because it means one thing. Yes, the NFL is back in action and so is HBO's Hard Knocks. In a season that's already unlike any other the league and how, let's be honest, the world has ever seen, HBO is raising the bar yet again by going behind the scenes with not one, but two NFL teams for the first time ever in Hard Knocks Los Angeles. HBO's unparalleled access to training camp will reach new heights with the 2020 Los Angeles Rams and the 2020 Los Angeles Chargers. I'm Peter Schrager, host of the NFL Network's Good Morning Football Show, and I'm back as your host of the official Hard Knocks podcast, the joint production from HBO Sports and NFL Media. Every week, I'm going to provide you with the recap show you want with an added layer of behind-the-scenes access and information. Typically, you'd go to a water cooler at work and discuss what happened on last night's episode. Newsflash, that's probably not happening this August. Subscribe to this podcast because I will be breaking down the most intriguing storylines with people in the know, decision makers at both teams, and the actual producers at NFL Films and HBO who have boots on the ground in Los Angeles. We'll be discussing the team's highly anticipated moves to their brand new stadium, the Chargers quarterback battle between Terod Taylor and Justin Herbert, Sean McVay's plan to get the Rams back on top, and of course, we'll talk about all of the challenges that will be coming from navigating a season amidst a global pandemic. So go ahead right now and subscribe to the Hard Knocks podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to watch Hard Knocks on HBO and stream it on HBO Max on Tuesday nights beginning August 11th. It's the Hard Knocks podcast. We are here. Cue the water sprinkler noise and let's go. The Around the NFL podcast. Will beat the medium seed. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by heroes in a virtual sense. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Uh, Greg, I'm not. I, uh, Greg, I, I'm leaning on you to. To you just wanted to ride out the silence. I know, but that's enjoy, like, like be then in the silence and see see what happened. That's the kind of stuff right, that radio. makes me very anxious when suddenly I'm not talking, Greg's not talking, Dan's starting to raise an eyebrow. You got to be comfortable. <laughs> you know, we had uh, we Plus, did it makes a, sense. A really... You know, you wait for the music to ride. Wait, out. so that's you don't normal. talk when you're sure. supposed to talk, and then when somebody else starts <laughs> talking, you start yelling. <laughs> We did a really good um, Zoom type 
chat with Neil Reynolds and uh, Kurt Warner and Baldy and all sorts of personalities yesterday, Thursday, for the NFL UK audience went really well. Chris Wessling was even part of it. And uh, yes, this reminds me again of how much we miss West, both for his great insight and personality and also for the very simple fact that he fills that gap after I throw it to you guys. <laughs> hey Dan, <laughs> that's just sort of a throw back to you. Then you can, then you can go. Yeah. We, we uh, just, I just saw by the way that uh, that show that we did yesterday, Cliff Averill jumped in Rob yep. Ryan um, yep. is on NFL game pass, which I think is still free mm. for people out there. Oh, that's cool. That. For all for on both sides of the Atlantic, you're saying? I don't know. Neil no. Reynolds said Maybe it just check it out. must be must be right. It was fun. It was fun. And it was great to see Wes and and uh Wes uh, quick update, doing well. He's going through it, and uh we hope that he'll be joining us on the show very soon if uh things line up the way we hope they do. But for now you're stuck with the three of us, and we have a uh, nice show. Uh, lined up for you, get you caught up to date where we are. The window is closed for the COVID-19 opt-outs. The final number, Mark? 69, maybe? 67? 69. All right. Well, should have gone with my first answer. Nice, bro. uh, Nice, bro. Uh, Gronk's favorite number. So uh, we'll get into that. And also... Coming up next week, I like any slice of normalcy we could find in 2020. Hard Knocks returns next week. I have a preview piece going up on the .com on Monday, and uh, I got to speak with the showrunner of Hard Knocks. Um, great guy. Uh, so we'll, uh, I'll share some of that conversation I had as well. But before that, let's do some news. You know, that that's where you're rubbing up against another body for hours on end. And ne- ah! Hours gotta, on gotta, end. <laughs> I don't that even was know Greg's that was definition from. of football. That's oh. how you define football on a Wednesday show. Mm, well, that's true. I'm, I stand by that. It's just a lot of rubbing up on people's bodies. You know, that, I mean, that's ultimately it's just... against another body for hours on end. And ne- ah! I think it's you can true. find that in Steve Belichick's scouting methods on page 12 if you uh, if that's where you pulled that from, Greg. I mean, it's true. Like when Tyron Smith is matching up again, like Tyron Smith and Ryan Kerrigan have spent more time rubbing their bodies against each other than like many couples in their 70s and 80s have for, for decades. I mean, that's just what they do. Three hours at a time. <laughs> Will you allow maybe there's another way to put it? But would it be as evocative as uh, no, certainly as sexy, not. really? <laughs> it would not. Certainly not. You, uh, you are on the right track in terms of winning listeners, and I like it. Let's start with Greg's favorite team, the New England Patriots, the throne of ease. Tom Brady gone. No problem, because now they have Cam Newton as their new quarterback, perhaps. Jared Stidham's in the mix, of course. Maybe Brian Hoyer's starting 16 games for uh, – Rosie's team this year. We don't know, but Newton uh, spoke with the media in a very 2020 fashion uh, via video conference, and he had this to say about life with the Patriots. It's just a breath of fresh air, to be honest with you. 
and uh, you know, that challenge that you know I have to accept each and every day. But no challenge is ever going to be greater than a challenge, a personal challenge that I challenge myself personally. Um, yeah, we all know what that was and what that is, and, and it needs no mention. Newton also added that he understands the challenges that lie ahead. But yet at the same time, for me, I think I got my hands full with trying to learn as much as possible in a short period of time. And that's what I'm trying to do Meeting with coaches day to day, getting the assistance, you know, from, from uh, Hoister as well as Stiddy. You know, those guys have been unbelievable uh, throughout this process, too. And Greg, you got to love what you're hearing. Maybe we don't love his hair. Maybe the hair's a little crazy, okay? Are you kidding me? I, I love the whole thing. I mean, the hair's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, I no, like no. the outfit, the crazy glasses, the babushka. I mean, he's still going with the babushka. He's got the babushka with the mask. Committed I don't know it. what's going on, but it just makes – it all, like, reminds me, oh, this is going to be wild and fun. And he's call, you know, he's got he's calling uh, Brian he, – he referred to the other QBs on the roster as Hoister and Stiddy. You know, he's, uh, he's saying he's – Hoister, that's Hoyer, I guess. He he comes Gotta up with be. nicknames for his uh, quarterback. Was that a nickname, or does he actually not know? Who no, was? he Cam. I guess I didn't know this, but it was from a tweet from Jonathan Jones um, at CBS, who uh, says he always nicknames all his quarterbacks that he plays with, and so that they're, they're Hoister and Stiddy. Um, he's like fired up, but he's also he said waking up mad every morning that his family is in Carolina, where he would have ultimately liked to still be and uh, you know play, and so it, that gives him a little extra motivation that he's all by himself up there in Foxborough. It's just gonna it's gonna be a wild ride on the field and off. It is the perfect uh, I think way to just like get over the Tom Brady departure is just go totally opposite and totally crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you kind of, it's almost easier to forget about Tom Brady because right. instead of a, a personality-free Jared Stidham, just that we don't know Jared Stidham, we know Cam, and suddenly Cam's in the most intriguing landing spot. And, you know, you just have to ask what happened to guys like Matt Castle and, frankly, Brian Hoyer, you know, when when he went out and hit on his uh, sojourn to start around the league and, you know, flittered back to New England in the end. Guys like Jimmy G, it's great to be a quarterback other than Tom Brady, New England. You you find out that you're going to get paid mm. on the other end of that. And I think it's one of the best um, – it's not a rehab assignment. I mean, everyone's concerned about his body. It's a great match. And I, I'm sure this line annoyed um, Dan highly uh, when he said that he was blown away by the professionalism that he's encountered in Foxborough. And, you know, frankly, he was in Carolina under Ron Rivera, probably considered to be one of the more professional-oriented programs out there. But New England just takes it – to another level, Dan, and I would imagine that's not what you were aching to hear on August 7th. <laughs> I, I could not care less about that quote. That, of all the things I get angry about uh, with the Patriots, the fact that they're well-run and professional, that's just a fact of life. There's nothing to get Well, what like, if he looks like a, like a muscle-bound front door ready to run over the rest of the AFC East? Does that annoy you? Well, yeah, then if he was great. But like I said, when when he signed, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he's still anything close to Cam Newton. But really the perfect way, since you guys brought it up, for the Patriots to have handled this quarterback situation was to actually foster a positive relationship with the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport, Tom Brady. And he got to finish his career where he started it and just have some classes and organization. But they went in a different path, and best of luck to him. I hope it goes great. No doubt you do. No, I... I would believe. I think you probably have the best <laughs> hopes for New England. You know, you know it's great uh, right now. You can't see it. I'm going to do a screen grab for the listeners. Greg is staring 
with a demented, angry look at us. And I thought it was just and silence. And I thought it was because he was unhappy with my Cam Newton Patriots takedown, which I thought was stellar. <laughs> but it turned out that Greg's screen had frozen and he had gotten booted off. Uh, and now he's back. I was, ho- I was hoping we, you, you would just keep talking until I was back. This really shows no, you should have seen come a long way. I have the screen grab. I'll send it to you after the show. He it looked, looked very like you were annoyed. particularly <laughs> upset with me for my comments uh, taking down the Patriots enterprise. I, that was the moment where I realized I did I was not plugged in like I normally am, and uh, things were going haywire on my internet, and it was all on me. Uh, totally um, unprofessional, unlike that Patriots building. All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> Bad news for the G-Men. This is actually serious. Cornerback DeAndre Baker has been charged with four counts of armed robbery. It became official on Friday when the Broward State attorney in Florida um, made that announcement. It was ob- obtained by Network Insider Ian Rappaport. And if Baker is convicted... This is serious stuff. The punishment comes with a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years in prison with a maximum life sentence. The, the charges stem from a May 13th incident in Miramar, Florida, when Baker, 20, who's 22 years old, uh, was formally charged. He was accused of stealing money and watches from four men at a house party. And he this went down. Quinton Dunbar, the Seahawks, the cornerback, was also initially charged. But the state's attorney announced Friday they declined the prosecutor to file criminal charges against Dunbar. So we'll see where that goes. But both players still on the commissioner exemplist mark and Dunbar and Baker, a first round pick last year. He might be done with the giants at least. Yeah. I I don't see him joining. If he were to have a 10 year sentence per se, probably not going to be hopping onto the 2031 New York giants uh, defense at that point, (laughs) if they still owned his rights. I mean, for, you, you can look at what they've done on offense. In, in Saquon and Daniel Jones, there's no reason not to like them and other pieces they've added on that side of the ball. But on defense, I, I don't I can't remember the last Giants defense outside of some of those, like the latter Super Bowl year, where you really thought the defense had any identity. They struggle to, with some of their draft picks, get any sort of momentum going here. And this is another example. First round right. pick, totally wayward. And can you, you know... Can anyone out there like name the the Giants defensive coordinator who, by the way, he was coaching the defense, you know, under a special teams coach, Joe Judge, not a guy with a defensive back. It's Patrick Graham, Patrick Graham, who last year Graham, know, highlighted Graham cracker. like the 32nd ranked, uh, ranked Dolphins defense. And I don't know, maybe he'll be great. He'll be fine. But he he's very inexperienced, too. So you're right. That's a fiasco. And he's gone because Ian is on our air saying the Giants are going to start going after his money. And it seems pretty clear they're just ready to wash their their hands of him. Dunbar, the news there that they're dropping the charters, and you would think that the NFL is not going to punish him or wouldn't punish him severely, is is significant. Dunbar played awesome in Washington last year. And now with Jamal Adams, Seattle's got a case for one of the best secondaries in the entire NFL. And I think Dunbar is is a key part of that. And their defense, which I'm I'm not in love with overall, at least not up front, they're as bad as they've ever been. Suddenly, with that secondary, and then maybe they sign Everson Griffin, uh, Michael Silver mentioned earlier this week could happen. Then you're cooking with gas a little bit, and you feel like they could be right right back in the mix. Oh, looking at Clay Matthews, too, potentially. So, your boy. We'll see. What happened with that thing? You and Clay Matthews, you 
something you wrote or said on our show, like a love letter. No, I, I just thought that the it, Browns, would be, po- it would be poetic. At late, jump off a waterfall or something? No, like an inexpensive late, you know, ladder career. And his sister, his sister responded to you on Twitter. Right. You put that up. That was on NFL Network, too. Right. Have you had any more moment. contact with no, the Matthews family. No, and neither from NFL Network executives who probably thought that that landed like a dull thud as well. But, I mean, <laughs> it made some sense. Um, I think the Browns front office basically is just not into these veterans like this. That's not the kind of player they want. Where the Seahawks definitely are. I, could, I think it's a, it would be a great fit, or why not try it in Seattle? Hmm. I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm deeply nuanced on how well Clay Matthews played in his lone season with the Rams last year, but... I would not be surprised if an evaluator called him more name than game at this stage. But he, go ahead. He, 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 sucks, the but he wasn't, great. He wasn't great, but he produced. He, he, he didn't just do He nothing. did not have a lot of hurries and hits. It's one of the things that's weird with Griffin, although I guess you have to understand this is a guy who's openly battled mental illness at a, you know, that interrupted his career. Everson Griffin was one of the best 10 or 12 pass rushers in the NFL last year if you're just looking at hits, hurries, and sacks. He was productive. He's 32, 33, but man – the Seahawks, I think about the I mean the Patriots have so much cap space and no pass rushers. They could use a guy like him. And Clowney is still out there right. uh, yep. as well. We'll see what happens with that. Uh COVID talk. It's COVID talk. <sighs> Six Dolphins players have been benched over COVID nineteen concerns. They landed on the list on Thursday. We'll see what that means, though. We just talked about this the other day. These guys go on the COVID list, and the assumption is, oh, they have the coronavirus. And then a few days later, they're they're back in the building because it's a false positive test and all that. So we'll see where this where this goes for these players. But uh, Shaq Lawson, Raekwon Davis, Benito Jones, Brandon Jones, Solomon Kin- Kinley, and Kirk Merritt all landed on the COVID-19 list. Um so we'll keep tracking that. And on the, on the subject of opt-outs and COVID-19, we talked about it on Wednesday's show. Tredavious White, the star cornerback of the Bills, has decided not to opt out of the 2020 season. So when the Thursday 4 p.m. Eastern deadline came and went, uh, White decided he was going to stick with the Bills in 2020. Uh, very good news for Buffalo in Miami. Some concern. Yeah, the six players all happening on the same day and it being in Florida where not only the Marlins, you know, the baseball teams run into trouble, but obviously the state is in trouble. It's just it's just eye opening um, to watch and you wonder what would it be like during the season. But the opt outs, I think people around the NFL that work in the NFL are almost heartened that there wasn't more that 69 players wasn't too bad it it is important to note that they still can opt out if things change like someone in their family gets sick or if they um have an underlying condition they could still opt out and i feel like don't so what's the deadline then right that was the deadline but it was the deadline basically for the voluntary opt out so i think if you have a medical reason you still could and wouldn't everyone over like 300 pounds have a medical reason? I don't get that part. I don't know. Well, you have there are a couple teams down to like two offensive guards right now. I mean, it is impacting that those the linemen, yeah. especially, is impacting certain teams. Jamie Collins, I thought you know, he had some interesting comments. He basically, and I, you know, we argued this as a group, I think, on our last show that the, the deadline for an opt out, if anything, should have pushed been pushed down the line. I get you got it, front offices and coaches have to organize 
what players are going to go into the season with. But Jamie Collins basically said that a lot of players just don't feel comfortable with the time frame and, and knowing enough at this point and said, look, forget the deadline, the NFL's deadline to a certain type of player means nothing. And you're going to still get people that say, right. You don't, you might not get or not, the I'm out money. Of right. right. You might not get the $150,000 loan, but to someone like Jamie Collins or, or Russell Okung, for instance, who's reportedly considering retirement because he's so old, if he sat out the season, it'd probably be it. Um, the deadline means less because they don't, they don't necessarily need that, that $150,000 loan. Right. In other news, it's kind of a weird one. Um, this, according to Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, the Raiders logged on to a Zoom team meeting expecting to be addressed by their head coach, John Gruden, but instead it was a, an assistant head coach and special teams coordinator, Rich Bisaccia, and uh, he informed the team that Gruden had been hospitalized uh, because of COVID-19. But guess what? Waka waka. That wasn't true. Gruden and the Raiders staff wanted to <laughs> test how the players would react and prepare them for this most unpredictable NFL seasons. And let me just say this, boys. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> if that's really what this is. That's what it was. I don't even believe it, by the way. What it really was, was Gruden just wanted to mess with the guys. Right. That's all it was. It wasn't like, oh, Wait, now they're a more prepared be? team. Oh, I And see, I guess yeah. it gives you a little bit of cover. It gives you a little bit of cover when it leaks to the media and he's like, oh, this was a test. But really, he was just <laughs> with them. Right. And um, I think we should bring back Waka Waka, by the way. I think even if you don't know where it came from, like that's it's awesome. And and, and everyone time. knows everyone knows what it means. I uh, I wish Hard Knocks was there for this one because we you know, we were on that Zoom call and and Neil Reynolds did a great job integrating like the nine different people on at some point. It was like Cliff Averill and and Warner and us and Ricky's on. But, you know, the Zoom call, it can be awkward. And like they announced that Gruden has COVID. Like I doubt it went over as some like super great joke they maybe are trying to like snuff out who's like secretly excited like they're look, <laughs> like they're gonna look back at the tape and see who right. like pumped their that fist is sinister. and like kicked them off the team i don't know what the point I don't, is yeah i don't know at one point they kind of hatched it as <laughs> hey here's the punchline look at me i'm gallagher this was a really funny stage move here to suggest i have corona i mean w- at what point is that like i don't i'd like to see the reaction i think it's kind of like it- playing a trick on your children like oh you know grandma's no longer around and then an hour later being like actually she is you're you know what it, it was just a good joke on dad's part terrible Hilarious. joke. it reminds me of one of the great office episodes when michael tells dwight that jan had called him and said that he has been demoted and dwight was now the branch manager and it was not true but he just wanted to see what dwight would do and uh let uh dwight uh, go down in flames, which is what happened. I guess that's what, maybe he's an office fan. Maybe Gruden's a guy that just like he streams that he loves it. He's a, ma- he's a master motivator and a master comedian. John yeah, I, I, I mean, I would imagine human resources might, you know, at some point say these, this isn't the tactics we're trying to approach Corona with, but that's the their issues. And finally, in the news, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that the NFL is considering using virtual fans in stadiums. They see it as a viable option for game days. This has popped up uh, with the NBA, Major League Soccer. We've seen it. Fox is using it 
for uh, MLB in their games of the week on the weekends. Uh, you know, I used to have a take on this a couple weeks ago and I was all fired up about it, but now it's just like whatever makes people happier. And as long as right. it's not too distracting, fine. I have fun with it. My, and like, I'm super, I, you know, have only been on the baseball thing for a couple of weeks. You guys are the experts, but I don't miss. I'm not the expert. Well, the, the cardboard cutouts to me, um, I'm not going to, they're fine to you. I'm, I'm in your camp, Dan. If people like the cutouts, have a nice time with yourself. Those are a but, little distracting to me, actually. But Well, again, they're too I'm big. They're like, you don't need them to have see humans that are like weirdly sized. Mm. But I don't miss fans from a TV angle at all. In fact, I mean, like, I'm not even seeing what the plus is, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> if it's on the radio, though, I want to The sound of baseball, fans in the sound of baseball, especially on radio to me, I think it's great. I, football stadiums also add like radio football, I think is great when you can hear the fans. I could care less on the TV side. I, I, it isn't. I've watched more NBA in the last week and my family has than probably the last three years combined. And there is something to the intimate feel of it that I think is cool. I mean, fans would be better. It, it's fans are important in an indoor basketball game, but there is sort of this intimate feel where the players are going crazy but you know there's no one there, and it's kind of – I don't know. There's something cool uh, <laughs> about it. That said, my son, we watched a lot. Every time they, they focus on the fans, he calls them. He's like, oh, no, those creepy fans. So they're losing the five-year-old boy demo, at least in my house. That's they should pay attention just like a little, a little creepy. I think no fans is crushing. I think it's kind of heartbreaking. There are small positives when I'm watching Yankee games like the – the sound of Aaron Judge's bat when it makes contact with the ball, the way it echoes through the stadium, or when an umpire is getting just absolutely destroyed by a manager over a strike zone. You can hear that stuff now. Uh, but the absence of a crowd is really, to me, like it cuts deep because it's part of the whole experience to me as a fan is is that crowd at the game. And, and I just hope this is a one-and-done deal in 2020. Right, especially these um, new stadiums, and like you're used to like eighty thousand people. The an NFL game without without fans is yeah, it's going to be weird. We're going to hear the football games because I think it's going to end up being empty stands across the country. Even though I know the states, some of the states are hoping to use fans. I think it's going to be very odd, especially with football. And you're going to hear just that clatter of the the pads, and then a lot of hooting and hollering on the sidelines. And otherwise, I feel like it's just going to be strange. Very strange. So, that's this year. All right. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. Before we go on, gentlemen, I just want to talk about voting. Only 60% of eligible Americans voted in 2016. On the field or at the polls, 60% is not good enough. NFL Votes is a league-wide initiative to support and encourage voter education, registration, and activation efforts of players, clubs, and fans from now up until Election Day. Inspired by ongoing conversations with players, NFL Votes will leverage the NFL platform to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. That's important. You can get your mail-in ballot in 18 different languages here in, in L.A. County. What it's amazing. Well, get adventurous. Now, pick a, a lot of things going wrong. That, that's a positive. Yeah, and many people upset about the direction of the country. Well, you don't get to complain if you don't vote. 
So do what you gotta do. That see, that was just editorializing. That was no, that was a that no. that was a fresh. Um, Unless you're like it. 15, you can complain if you're politically active and you're not allowed to vote. You can you can still complain. If I mean, you're politically you active and you're 15, go you know try to get a girlfriend. You know, go play with your friends, have some fun. <laughs> Don't worry about. There's so much time in your life to worry about geopolitics and the state of the nation. When you're 15, be a kid. That's uh, that's another. Right. If so, anything, ride it out and see where we're at when you're 18. I mean, it might be, you, you might just, you know, get to that point. Um, enjoy your youth. Greg was on the debate it. club. So I imagine as a teenager, Greg, all the way plugged in. On, I was uh, more into on it. Bosnia I was more into it then. The 90s. I was more into it. See, some people don't have the luxury to ignore it until they're 18. You know, they got to they got to get involved. With a very woke comment there, Dan. That's not what woke. a great comment from Greg. Oh. It's true. Hey, children's everybody crusade down a notch. changed history. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let's talk some hard knocks. I'm so happy that Greg brought us down there. We got a little too flip. Thank you, Greg. You oh, yeah. You know it. You know what that is. And if you don't, well, we probably don't have premium cable. <laughs> That's a problem too, Greg. I know. It's disappointing. That's hard knocks. That so many of our listeners might not know Hard Knocks because it's such a great show. All right. So Hard, no- hard Knocks is coming back on Tuesday on HBO. And it is titled Hard Knocks Los Angeles. And it will cover for the first time ever two teams, the Rams and the Chargers. Like I said, I have a primer preview type piece going up on the dot com on Monday. And I'll set it up this way in terms of a conversation. So, and I know this is something you've said many times before, Mark, that, and I think Wes as well. Although I think West just isn't much of a hard knocks guy, period. But one thing that you kind of can get a little down on with hard knocks sometimes is if you've watched so many of these seasons, and this is the 15th, that the show can sometimes feel predictable after a while. <clears throat> and the world decided that hard knocks would have no chance to be predictable this year. And the way these training camps are set up, the fact that there's no preseason it completely changes and upends what hard knocks is. And I had a conversation two days ago with Ken Rogers. He's a vice president with the NFL and he has run the show at hard knocks for years now. And he said, yes, like it was kind of maddening to try to scramble to get this show going in 2020, but also in his words, creatively inspiring and I really like this quote that he had that, I'm, that I have in the piece, and I'll read it to you guys here. Uh, and it's in relation to the premiere, but the show in general this year. This first episode to us is starting to become a look into an American workplace going back to productivity in the midst of the biggest story in the last 100 years in American culture. It just so happens to be the industry is football, but anyone who watches this is going to recognize what people are going through. And he and Ken told me that, don't expect to see a lot of football, obviously, in this premiere. It's more about what's going to happen. It's the strangest things. We're going to see first overall picks and first-round picks meet their head coach for the first time, put on their uniform for the first time. This has been – everything has been so 
mangled by Corona that all this is happening in a very different way. So if you're looking for a different type of hard knocks, this is the year. I, you know, I've come around on this because initially before everything happened, I was a little bit down on the idea that we were revisiting the Rams. Um, Just because something that really got, that I, I, before the Rams episode even happened that season, I already in my head pictured these like very sort of cliche LA um, backdrop, you know, establishing shots before you go into more predictable stuff. Forget all that. I, I think this is actually, we are kind of lucky to have two teams because we've been hearing, you know, covering football for weeks, what teams are doing to um, deal with Corona and it, you know, that the team facilities look different than they ever have and ever will again, that it's completely alien to everyone involved. And it's cool to see one team handle that. And we'd learn a lot more than we normally would from a hard knocks in general, but to see how two teams do and how they do it differently um, right there in the same city. I, I go into this, um, Pretty excited to see it because it is impossible to hit those normal beats. You're not going to get bored by the normal beats. There are no normal beats. Right. I I think it's a look into a world we're not getting into anymore as a media. It makes me wonder if, if they will, you know, what training camps are going to be like when this is all over. Because it wouldn't surprise me if media is cut back a little bit. But, you know, one of the reasons the, the news is weird this week, like the Roto World news, I mean, Nothing's nothing's been going on because there's no reporters in the building. You know, things are happening behind the scenes. I have a feeling that are newsworthy in terms of injuries or you know, different things uh, in terms of making plans for the season. And players, for the most part right now, are just working out. But we don't really know about that because right now the media access is just, you know, a couple Zooms a week. No one's in the building. No one really has any clue of what's going on. And this should be granted a sanitized uh, version of it and, you know, a team approved version of it on some level, but I still think it's going to be interesting based on all the what hard knocks has gotten in the past. I mean, these teams have to be loving the, the access has been going this way um, slowly year by year, but the limited access now, it's like, they probably never want to open Belichick's it back going up from daily, again. daily. I was thinking about that, that he went from daily press conferences, not to mention he got to skip about 10 between April and now. <laughs> He's gone from daily morning press conferences to once a week, you yeah. know, and it's on Zoom. He doesn't even have to be in the same you know room as uh, low lifes like like Tom Curran, you know. Ouch, Curran takes a just, shot. Just kidding, a, uh, an amazing, an amazing reporter, an arrow to the and breast, a friend, and a friend. <laughs> uh, Ken also gave me a little bit of a insight into what the vibe is there. So these guys, and they're already locked into the routine where they show up, they get tested, uh, they go through that process, and they're, you know, as the weeks go on, it'll become more and more like football, but that wasn't what the first week of their coverage was. And he also said that the building is not used in the way it has in past years. So a lot of things are outside. Even, uh, I believe I believe he said with the Rams, team meetings are under a big overhang outside, and they're using Zoom a lot more. So you'll see hard knocks using Zoom calls themselves. You'll see they have to use a longer lens to try to capture things because everything is more at a distance. Uh, but I thought that maybe they'd be working with a skeleton crew as well, NFL films, but that's not the case. They're at 75% capacity uh, compared to past years, and that still means 30 personnel at each site uh, mm. logging. And then once they collect 
what they have. It is then the editor's job to go through 400 hours of footage for one episode. So uh, it's really a cool conversation, and uh, you could read about it uh, more on Monday uh, when my piece goes live. But uh, I, you know, I just I think I think the thing that I when I was thinking about all right, what else will be different now that the structure has been upended? One thing that I think they'll lose, which they probably will struggle to get back, is I always thought the heartbeat of the show is studying some of the long shots, some of the guys that are bottom of the roster, undrafted, or seventh-round uh, underdogs. And that has always been where Hard Knocks has really thrived, telling those human stories. I think it's like the only reason my wife watches Hard Knocks is she loves that human element of it. I don't know how they're even going to find those guys when – Part of like the narrative process and the storytelling process of, of Hard Knocks is you meet these guys early in camp, you get to know them, their families, and then a, their chance to shine is the preseason, which doesn't exist. And the rosters were cut down from ninety to eighty, so it's it, it's it makes takes it from a long shot to almost no shot to make the team. I wonder if we just lose that element in. Uh, well, you can still 15. fashion a story around it. You're right. You're not going to get the like assistant coaches pumping their fist after like a, excuse me, week three, like huge, like wide receiver, 80 yard touchdown that somehow he makes the team on. But like their story is, I think as gripping as ever, because you've got like legitimately good athletes that have no chance um, that are on the outside. And like, can one of them penetrate that like force field and still get on the team? That would be cool. It's just a while till there is competition. That's the trick. Right. I mean, they, you know, they're going to well, have their first show on Tuesday. I guess practices will start uh, lighter practices are starting, I think next week on some level. And then the padded practice, August 17th. So there's that, there's a pretty long buildup to, towards there's any competition, but in the meantime, you just got to lean on the personality of uh, Jared Goff, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> plug in and what is the yeah. personality of justin herbert like i i do think like there's a couple players here where it's like i have no idea what justin herbert who he is at this point we've been given no access and it's like i'd like no, to no see access it. at all i want to see because it happened three years ago with your browns marker two years ago anthony lynn and the coaches breathlessly talking up tyrod taylor only to bench him for the first round pick in week three mm. i mean it's happening it will happen it's again. Just get ready for I that. I think Tyrod's got uh, a longer, a longer chance this time. We always do. <laughs> we always do. He'll, yeah, he'll be, he'll be spoken of in hushed tones by the coaching staff on this show, though, as one of the great quarterbacks we've ever seen. Uh, that's just the way it is with this. All right, so check it out. And of course, I write the recaps Tuesday nights on NFL.com. Uh, I've been doing it since 2012, which is insane. So check that out as well. Hard knocks. Hard Knocks, love it. That was good. Oh, and don't forget one other thing. Schragbaum, Peter Schrager, our buddy, Good Morning Football, he does a Hard Knocks podcast, and he has good access himself. You heard that at the top of the show, um, the uh, trailer for that. So I would say go check that out. That would be what I would do. But check it out because Schragbaum is great, as he is on every time that he's on the show. All right, so – before we go, Mark, you promised us a top 10 list of why you love Estonia. And before you do that, I just want to touch on something um, from Wednesday's show. Because I okay. thought that your aggression about my Canada top 10 list and your aggression towards 
Greg was a little unfair and it was aggression that I don't think should go unchecked. So I just want to tell you that I'm going to enjoy your Estonia list, but I also was hurt a little bit by Mm. your behavior at the end of the show, because when Greg rightfully pointed out that the reason you were so mad was because you would claim the Blue Jays, the Toronto baseball team as your own. That did get me thinking that, you know, you'd been killing baseball for many years and then you become a baseball fan. I, I had no problem with that. I was happy for you. And then when I mentioned Canada, all of a sudden it's, it's an attack mode. Well, it's, so I, okay. I, I mean, number one, just, you know, message received. And, uh, you know, like we've been doing these for hundreds upon hundreds of hours of these shows. And there are moments when I'll sign off and think, huh, I maybe could have handled that a bit better. And I'll think about it for like the next 18 to 19 hours. And that might have been one of those cases. Uh, I adore everyone. There were some, there to the were some show. character attacks. There were some character attacks during that. Well, you know, when Mocha you get into it on the that. show, you got you, you to gotta bring the heat, right? So it's like I did that and I maybe brought too much mm. to uh, an issue that didn't require it. Mm. Well, Dan um, is like very forgiving and open hearted. You know, I I'm a smaller person. Well, I've lost and, Greg and, forever and emotionally, and and um, you know, as part of that, you have your top ten, you know, list about Estonia, I guess, coming up. Well, I've got my top ten uh, favorite things about Latvia. You know, Estonia's big time rival. I'm a big fan of Latvia. All right. Well, I like this. There's some, you know. All right. Let's see. I really hope that's true. I don't know if it is, but let's start with Mark, and I will give you the floor, Mark, because I said my piece. I'm at peace with it. I liked your response. So we're cool. Okay. And now I will be supportive of your top 10. Okay. I'm a wildly imperfect person. So take my apology uh, to be genuine. All right, here we go. 10 cool things about Estonia. Let's go. Number 10. Estonia owns the 15th quickest internet speed in the world. Faster than the United States, by the way. The look at me, United States. Number nine, the capital city of Tallinn features a puppet theater, which recently staged their own version of Roman Polanski's Chinatown. True story. Mm. Number eight, Estonia has a bar dedicated to Depeche Mode. It's also the birthplace. Good band. Very good band. It's also the birthplace of West Fetish Margus Hunt. Little NFL connection mm. for you. Number seven, Estonia's young mothers are rich with nutrients. Terminated. Number six, home to the Werner sisters is Estonia, who became famous for crossing into Russia on weekends to assassinate naughty horses. Number five, you know what? We don't need to do the rest of the list. Ricky, take us to the real song. Take us to the rap. Mm. Yo, turn my mic up a bit. Where are all my Estonia bitches at? He's so dreamy. Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing ya. 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 My name is Mark Sessler, I'm Estonia's biggest fan. They got these frigid winners across the whole land. Voted best internet in 2012. Canada, UK, and the US collecting dust on a shirt. You know my favorite player? I can't even front. The big behemoth monster named Margus Hunt. Dan and Greg, all they do is whine. My Estonia bitches, all they do is shine. Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing you. 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 Where's Daddy? Oh, he's in Estonia with some girls.
with some girl. I I just read the line <laughs> girls. I read the lines that uh you know I I have a writer who helped me with some of those lines. Um, someone mm. attached closely to the show, and I thought that it was a supreme job by the writer. I, I just realized editor. this was like a long apology to when Mark got the Baltic states upset a f- a couple of weeks ago. Did I? <laughs> I didn't even connect all of that. That it's all you know. You've been feeling. Well, feeling you can bring. You can try to bring your Latvian heat. Let's see. That was great. Well, I'd love to, but I got. I really enjoyed it. Mark. I'm already nice. late to pick up Walker, so lot, the Latvia will have. Will all right. Have well, to good go. luck to you. I, and I will see you all. Bye bye. All right. All right. Wow, Mark, that was. I didn't expect that. I got to say. Well, it's that um, was out of character for you. Yeah, I and don't I, think it's. I thought it was good. I don't it's think good. it's a it's natural career up. path, but I had a, I have a, you know, we have a, a talented producer who, uh, so it, wait, was Ricky the ghostwriter on it too? You're saying, or is there somebody else involved? Ricky does. I mean, she can do it all. So she did do it all essentially, um, on this production outside of me delivering, you know, a C minus, uh, rap <laughs> showmanship there. I, there's a if reason. Ever, I'm not... Yeah. Greg likes rap, but now the only documented rapper on the around the NFL podcast is Sessler. Sessler dropping bars in the biggest of all spots. Not who you would have bet on, but take it seriously. You, th- you know, what'd you think, Ricky? Be honest. Now you're you're close to the product, obviously, as the producer and co-writer. But what did you think of Sessler's flow? I I was super impressed actually, because like I wrote it to that beat. And then I recorded, you know, like the first songwriter's track so he could sort of copy mine. And, right, and he, track. yeah, he killed it. Well, I'd say this, you know, not he murdered to, it. I, I, I think there's a way to improve, but um, I was dedicated to do it. And in, in if that was first take, I could have re-recorded it 50 times, you know, wow. but I said, first take, bang, let's keep it raw. Let's keep One it take, real. Jake. That's what Estonia does. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Right. What a way to go into the weekend, everybody. Mark Sessler drops a rap solo in the biggest <laughs> of all spots. Um, do we actually have listeners from Estonia, by the way? Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We had someone That's send great. in a video, which we can share. ATN family, what's up? They're from uh, Old Town Dylan. Just wanted to say much love. Olga Dublik, Uzi Gitterwet, Greg, Ricky, Wes. Uh, special shout out to Mark Estler, as I like to call him. Uh, for his uh, unwavering belief in the Estonian people. And uh, shout out to Dan for being a fan of Canada or whatever. I uh, just want to say I'm a huge fan of the show. Keep up the good work. And uh, and uh, thank you. Joe. That is our listener, yeah, Christian, from Estonia. And there are others. He believes there are others, but it, it's a small nation. You know, it's not a gigantic <laughs> listenership there, per se. Right. And I don't want uh, – one thing I want to make clear, uh, the Christian kind of – insinuated a little bit there this is not canada versus estonia we don't need that no we don't because i think one, we all, all one like, love right why lop off like our third largest audience in some sort of in-house feud feels <laughs> not productive all right good good stuff we'll be back on monday hopefully we got wes on the on deck for next week but uh, we can just cross our fingers on that one and um till then everybody have an excellent weekend Ricky, you stay out of trouble. You're you're a house on fire behind the scenes right now, and I just yeah, want you to. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to read you in the news. What's that? I'm home alone this weekend too. So if 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 I'm if something bad's gonna happen, it's probably gonna be this weekend. Hmm. Oh my god! All right. Well, I guess Mark and I are gonna have to come over and keep you yep. company. Yep, you're gonna have to.
Wow, uh, we'll put be that there in about twenty minutes. All right, that's it. This is Dan Hansis. Yo, turn my mic up a bit. <laughs> Where are all my Estonia bitches at? <laughs> all right, Monday. So Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing ya. 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 My name is Mark Sessler, I'm Estonia's biggest fan. They got these frigid winners across the whole land. Voted best internet in 2012. Canada, UK, and the US collecting dust on a shirt. You know my favorite player? I can't even front. The big behemoth monster named Margus Hunt. Dan and Greg, all they do is whine. My Estonia bitches, all they do is shine. Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing ya. Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing ya. Estonia, Estonia, it's really nice knowing ya. Where's Daddy? Oh, he's in Estonia with some girls. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.